Welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm your host, Nathan Callanan, and I'm being joined by my co-host, Jack Lynch. We're coming to you from Melbourne, Australia, where it is currently 10pm on Thursday, the 23rd of January. So on today's show, we'll be discussing the long-awaited debut of one Zion Williamson, and we'll try to look back and recap the first half of the 2019-2020 NBA season. It's going to be a good one. It's time for tip-off. Once again, welcome to the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I'm currently joined by a man who once scored two points on Ben Simmons. JL, how are you, mate? Nath, it's good to be here. Um, very excited to get this underway. A uh, little uncomfortable at the moment. We're currently filming in Big Nave's car, but all in all, uh, looking forward to it. So for all our listeners and our new fans out there, uh, we will actually be recording all of the episodes in my car, simply because JL doesn't have a car himself, um, but also because I personally chose this location. I believe that the best recording studio known to man is actually a man's car. And also, you know, we dressed it up a little bit, and uh, that's how we ended up recording our first podcast here. So, JL, you are a basketball man, obviously. That's why I've got you on the podcast. I am. Tell me a bit about your NBA background, how you started getting into it. Push me back a while here, Nath. Um, First got into NBA, well, I first picked a team in 2007. I was at a good friend Jack Stevens' house and we're playing NBA Live 06 on PS2. And, you know, I went through all 30 teams and picked the Celtics because I've got an you know, Irish heritage and saw the Clover or the Shamrock. Um, and then from there, played a game. First game, hit a game win with Paul Pierce and from then they just stuck. Um, didn't really follow it too seriously, which is a bit of a shame because obviously won the championship the next year. Um, but then... 2009, 10, sort of watched scores, and that's about it. Just kept an eye on it. And then 2011 is when I first started getting into it. Um, obviously, had the Boston Big Three there, so had a few good years. Um, but since then, just been obsessed. I believe you're actually uh, quite the player. I've seen you a couple of times myself. Uh, tell us about your playing days. I mean, I look pretty good compared to you. Uh, most people do, so that always helps. Um, playing days, not much really to report on. Had a brief... Half successful career for uh, St. Bernard's. Um, didn't really do too much, but always looked all right. And now I'm uh, just your very, very talented E-grade basketball or uh, Kilo Basketball Association. So the mighty tropics are flying, um, doing well, but it's a good bit of fun. And uh, how'd you go the other night at the tropics? And um, what'd you score? I heard your game high. What was it again? 
oh, just any any chance for me to show off a little bit here. Um, we had a good good come from behind win. Uh, I think we finished on a sixteen to five run mm. to beat a bunch of seventeen year old kids. So that was good for the ego. Um, finished with twenty three points and a few assists in there. So was good for the stat sheet. Good for the ego. So I'm a happy boy. Well, me personally, I uh, didn't grow up playing basketball or even following basketball, but recently I did actually start playing basketball for a little bit. I've had to sit out for a bit recently, as you know, because of my back injury, um, carrying the team, some may say. (laughs) No one has ever said that before, ever. (laughs) With my Spider-Man layups. Um, But what I was doing was hitting a minimum of one three-pointer per game. That, I mean, that was my only buckets, and I was shooting about 16 three-point attempts. But I was, I think I ended up breaking Kyle Corver's record. I didn't catch Steph Curry, but I broke Kyle Corver's record for most consecutive threes, you know, one, one three per game, uh, consecutively each game. And in terms of my following basketball background, as I said, I wasn't wasn't quite into basketball growing up, family wasn't into it, had to get myself into it. And it was a factor of, I followed the NCAA tournament 2012 and I said, whoever wins this tournament, I'm going to pick that college and I'm going to, you know, barrack for them. I'm going to go for them, support them. What do you know? Anthony Davis, Kentucky, they win the tournament. And then I ended up being a Kentucky fan. Right? Wasn't big, getting into the NBA. Big Kentucky fan. Big Kentucky fan. It's like I was living and breathing it. And I was loving it. And it was a lot easier to, to follow, to be honest. You know, not 82 games now that I'm stressed and pulling my hair out all the time now. And so, as college goes, uh, the next season, AD and all the boys left. And then they got a guy called Nerlens Noel, who straight away became my favorite basketball player ever. Had the flat top. Had the flat top. Oh my gosh, he was great. Did his knee. Terrible. And for that reason, he went fifth or sixth in the draft. Sixth off memory. Sixth in the draft. He got picked by New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And then on draft night, he was traded to Philadelphia 76ers. So for about 15 minutes there or something, I was a New Orleans fan because I said... I said to myself, whoever Nerlens Noel gets drafted to, I am going to follow that NBA team. And the Pelicans did look exciting. Yeah. AD. Block party. It would have been a block party. I think Nerlens Noel in his interview said, uh, it's going to be a block party, me and AD. And I was excited. I was, uh, I was even excited. I was pretty naive. I was excited when, but this is a whole nother kettle of fish, when the Cavs won the lottery. And I thought because Nerlens was the best player in that draft that he was going to go number one despite his injury. But everyone overlooked him because of his injury. The Cavs picked Anthony Bennett. Which was a great decision. Great decision. Can't fault it. No, that's one of the better draft draft choices. He, he's seen. a top five player in the NBA. <laughs> you know, that's what I've been saying. Anyway, I started following the Philadelphia 76ers right as they started the process. And then I eventually, in these later years, decided that I wanted to come up with a podcast to talk about NBA basketball and all basketball in general. And coming along the way, I thought a good name might be uh, The Bronx Cheer. And 
a lot of people are not familiar with this name or this term. And I'm here to tell you that a Bronx cheer is a sarcastic cheer. That is pretty much the most simple way of telling it. The Bronx cheer mostly happens in the NBA when a player airballs um, a shot or they go for a dunk and they you know, they miss it. They miss the dunk. It sort of bounces out. And you get a sarcastic cheer from the opposing crowd. Um, most recently, or one of the most memorables of last season, was when Steph Curry did both of those things. He Two in one special. Yeah, he um, went down in transition by himself and then slipped, trying to get the dunk, pulled the ball back out, shot a three, air ball, Lakers fans, biggest Bronx cheers ever. And... Bronx cheers can even be um, a sarcastic cheer for an accomplishment, a simple accomplishment. So, on Urban Dictionary, the top definition for a Bronx cheer is a sarcastic cheer when a struggling team completes a mundane task. So, in a way, my Sixers are constantly facing, Sixers fans are always doing Bronx cheers in the last few years because when Markel Fultz simply shot a three, or when Ben Simmons shot a three, as much as we're all so relieved, I think technically those are Bronx cheers, because we're just so happy, it's like, you know, finally, you know, sort of thing. That's Loose, Loosely by definition. Yeah, that 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 is a Bronx cheer. But anyway, I know I've been rambling on. A little bit. <laughs> um, talking of New Orleans drafted players... Today, the one, the only, the Zion Williamson, he went to high school at Spartanburg Day School in Spartanburg. He was the winner of the 2018 McDonald's All-American Dunk Contest, the NCAA AP All-America first team with Duke teammate RJ Barrett and second overall pick Jar Morant, and basically every college award you can think of, got it. Uh, mentioned on JJ Reddick's podcast that he wanted to actually go back to Duke. Did you hear that? I didn't. This he, is news to me. He he wanted to go back to Duke for another year, but Coach K was never going to let it happen, financial reasons, for his family and all these things. Anyway, that little bit at the end there is just a bit of a summary on he's actually got a, a humble head on his shoulders, which I think a lot of people have noticed so far you listen to him speak and he's one of the more humble athletes i've heard mm. and it's refreshing in a way yeah it definitely is so i'm intrigued just to to follow him through his career and actually see how that pans out but so far so good so unfortunately after dominating in the summer league or briefly in the summer league and then dominating in the pre-season mm. he 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 did his knee yeah, he, he, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if he did his knee. He just sort of he had his meniscus cleaned out, if I'm correct. Yeah, he just it wasn't something serious, and I can't believe really, not not that I can't believe if it wasn't if he wasn't the number one pick and if he wasn't his size, they wouldn't have kept him out this long. No, no, it was an investment. That's the only way to put it. Yeah. So, so what was he doing in those preseason games? He was dominating. It's the only way to really put it. Um, he was putting up 23, six and two, only playing a handful of minutes. He was shooting 72% from the field or something ridiculous like that. Mm. 
He was just, as a 19, 20-year-old, just bodying bigger players, getting his way inside and just having his way. Was it the preseason or was it the summer league when he ripped it off, Kevin Knox? It was that the summer, was summer league. league, yeah. He absolutely, Kevin Knox had the ball in his hands. And he's quite yeah. a physically gifted player. Yeah, he had the ball in his hands. Zion just literally ripped it out of his hands. And I'm pretty sure Kevin Knox falls over mm-hmm. and Zion slams it. Yeah, yeah something like, oh my gosh, this is amazing stuff. Anyway, after missing 44 games due to recovering his knee, uh, apparently relearning how to walk and run via the Pelicans, you know, trying to correct his running, walking, so he can avoid these type of injuries in the future. He made his debut today against the San Antonio Spurs. He had 22 points, 8 of 11 field goals, 4 of 4 from three-point range, 2 of 4 at the free-throw line. He had 7 rebounds, and 2 of them were offensive. And three assists. He did have five turnovers, but he was a plus three. And effective field goal percentage was 90.9%. And true shooting percentage was 86.2 true true shooting percentage. What a day. It was a weird one for Zion. Weird one for fans, but overall looked very promising. The, the stats don't really tell the full story. No. So, in the first three quarters, he actually he actually didn't do that well. No, it was strange watching him. Because I feel like everyone watching that game was actually just watching for him, not for the score. I think it was halfway through the second quarter, I realized the Spurs were up by 10. I hadn't looked at it once. And, yeah, just watching how passive he was the first three quarters. Tried to assert himself a little bit in the third, but it didn't really work. And I thought, geez, he's out of touch here. Thought wasn't going to be his day, but then the last quarter came around and, yeah, just turned it on. 17 points in a row for the Pelicans. It's um, oh, it was just it was great to watch. Of you know, their their fan base hasn't had a lot to celebrate in recent years, and they were up on their feet. You've never seen such a joy in New Orleans watching the basketball in a long time. So it was good. So, I know that their attendance went up and down with uh, AD. Obviously, mm-hmm. and with them being, obviously, with their quality being up and down. What was their attendance like, you know, in comparison to recent times? Well, when, you know, CP3, Chris Paul, one of the better players in the, in the late 2000s, um, when Kobe won the 2008 MVP, I think CP3 was second. Um, during that, that, you know, his span of his best years there, they were anywhere between... 19th, 18th, 17th in the league in attendance. They had one outlier year at 9th, but didn't really, you know, get sell out crowds very often. Um, for AD, it was pretty similar, ranging between like 23rd and 15th. So middle to bottom range. Um, this year, I looked at the Pelicans' attendance. They're already 15th in the league. And I think a lot of that's probably from pre-purchasing tickets to watch Zion. Yeah, and I believe that actually today, so their capacity in that stadium is, or in that arena, is 16,867. But today, they had 18,365 people in attendance. 1,500 extra tickets in there. Oh, my gosh. So, That's people are dying to see Zion. The Zion effect. And, yeah, it, of course, like, this is what it was building up to. This is why we're starting the podcast today. Uh, 
everyone wanted to see something happen. And the first three quarters, as we mentioned, just nothing seemed to be going right. He, c- he couldn't get the rhythm going, as mentioned. Uh, yeah, just seemed to sort of lack a bit of confidence. But then I think it was the ninth minute or the third mi- three minutes into the fourth quarter and he really exploded. Uh, they were going to pull him off. So they were doing three-minute spurts and six-minute spurts. Three minutes first, this is what I gathered. Three minute, uh, He did played three minutes in the first, six minutes in the second, all at the start of each quarter. Three minutes in the third, and then was going to play just six minutes or less in the fourth. And he was coming up to either coming off or something like that. And then he starts hitting these four threes in a row. 17 points in three minutes. 17 points in three minutes and eight seconds. The Pelicans sent Mally to go... To go... To the scorer's table. To the scorer's table. To, to, to go replace Zion. And he starts hitting these four threes in a row. This He starts this run. And it's going insane. The building's going insane. The whole world is going insane. And then they pull Mally back from the scorer's table and they let Zion go a bit. But you know they're the ones that have got the leash. They're going to pull it anyway at some point. And um, it comes to a point where Alvin Gentry, Pelican's head coach, points to that, that line just outside the coach's area, the coach's box line, where they normally dribble up past half court and call a timeout. He points to it and he said, he sort of says, you know, Lonzo, come here, dribble it here, call a timeout, as per usual. Lonzo Ball, pretty legendary, dribbles it sort of in that direction, turns around, gives it to Zion. Zion dives to the hoop, gets fouled. Zion's not coming out. They wanted to call the timeout to get him out. And then Lonzo literally ignores his coach, says, no, 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 we're keeping him in. No timeout. Zion goes to the line, can't get him out. It was just one of those days. It was just sensational day. Um, I think it ended up putting a lot of smiles on everyone's faces, the way it ended up going. Um, I know that the Spurs ended up winning. I think maybe the Pelicans could have pulled out a win if Zion stayed on. Potentially. Yeah. Never know, but he was bringing them back. So He was. Like, he was. He was the guy. There was a one-man show there for a little while. And... Um, Spurs won by four points, 121 to 117. LaMarcus Aldridge actually had a good game, 32 points and 14 rebounds. Did Ma- anyone notice that? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I had to look that up, you know. I Yeah, I had no idea. Wouldn't Couldn't pay attention at all. Everyone was just focusing on Zion. It, did you see ESPN had a Zion cam that followed him the entire game? I did not see that. Yeah, so it would literally just follow him. Wow. He was number one trending on Reddit worldwide. He had the top five posts on, on, on Twitter, sorry, worldwide. He had the number four, top five posts on Reddit. It was just... Yeah, it was Zion. Everyone wanted to watch it. Zion Day. Simple as that. So now that Zion's back, let's talk about Zion and these Pelicans, these young Pelicans. They've got Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion Williamson. They do have Jackson Hayes. They've got Nikhil Alexander-Walker. They've got JJ Reddick there for experience. Favors for experience. T- tell me about the the Pelicans and and how they look to in your eyes this season now. Well, 
the record doesn't say much at the moment. Um, and I mean, they have been missing the number one draft pick. But I actually think they're quite a good team. Definitely improving of late. Um, Lonzo coming back into the starting lineup has actually been pretty good. Been shooting the ball well, which has always been his major criticism. Yeah. Um, I know we're going to talk about potential most improved later on. You're going to drop a name there, but Brandon Ingram for me might be my number one. Got to be in the um, discussion. The way he's improved his game, both being a scorer and a facilitator and also doing it efficiently, has just been quite remarkable. Um, you also mentioned Derek Favors, who often flies a bit under the radar for the Pelicans. Uh, he's been doing it, doing it for a while now, for uh, was Utah for a while. Just a good, solid role player. Can get the ball to him, get him, to, you know, can score a basket, can defend quite well. Um, JJ Reddit, you mentioned, he's been doing it. He hasn't missed the playoffs in his career. Hopefully not again this year. Well, hopefully not this year, I should say. Um, he's just been going around for so long doing what he does best, which is coming off screens with, you know, drawing players because of his gravity being such an elite shooter that he is. And with Zion now in the middle of that, just being an absolute wrecking ball in transition and on the glass, things are looking up for the Palace. Um, I'm very intrigued to watch them for the rest of the season. i got to tell you, I'm actually most excited with Zion and, and now pretty much his team. When you talk about Favors and experience, his experience, and you know, it makes me think about that they've been better with Favors this season def- when he's on defensively. From what I've seen of Zion... Everything's so exciting, of course. But man, if he can, you know, translate his college defensive plays into the NBA, Zion is a defensive monster. That'll lift the defense of everyone else on that team, like Brandon Ingram and stuff like that. And it's going to be amazing to watch. Well, I was expecting similar results in terms of basing off his college and preseason, you know, the way he played. But today, the first half especially, he didn't contest a single shot. Yeah. And I was expecting big, big things defensively. I know that's big expectations. Um, but he did seem lost out there. And he did on offense for the first three quarters anyway. So it might just be getting back into the groove of things. Yeah, it's just the but confidence. But he didn't really make a mark at all defensively. So if he does you know, get to the point where we expect and we know that he can get to, it's going to be scary to watch because oh he'll be able to rotate. He's a great defender, yeah. I, I I wouldn't trust him on NBA guards really, but three to five comfortably. Mm. Oh, and I, then I, I would even yeah weak side help as well with his with his vertical. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, uh, that, the probably the one defensive play I reckon today was that that rebound that he yeah, the one handed rebound over Purtle. Yeah, that that was that was just great to watch. That's that Zion. So Zion is so exciting. He is. And I don't want to stop talking about him. I can do this for a long time. <laughs> um, but we do have to stop talking about him at some stage. Um, we'll get back to him another time. Um, they're so exciting, the Pelicans. We can spend so much time you know, looking at the future and what they're going to be like now with Zion and the future of this season in particular. But we're about halfway through now, and I think it might be a good chance for us to look back on the first half of the season so far and uh, see how or what we think, how we think the teams have gone so far. Just some quick thoughts with me, JL, will you? Yep, yeah. yep, let's do it. So let's start set down southeast in Atlanta. 
I had Atlanta 13th in the East. Uh, obviously, it's gone a bit worse than that. Obviously, losing John Collins 20, for 25 games via suspension for performance-enhancing drugs did not help. So, yeah, I had a similar boat. I thought they'd be around the 10th seed or something like that. was kind of surprised that they're down the bottom. Well, very bottom, I should say. Um, but look, you look at their roster and you actually analyse it and it actually does make a bit of sense why they're there. They really don't have much star power other than yeah. Trey. Um, Trey Young really getting uh, the short end of the stick, I think, from the media. It's a, annoying me irrationally every day I see this. He's getting the uh, the treatment that Devin Booker got for years of good stats on a bad team and treating him like he's not a good player. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a lot of it's just created discussion, but he's, I think he's phenomenal. Offensively, he's already one of the better players in the league. Um, putting up some big stats 29 points per game, mm. 4.7 rebounds, 8.6 assists, talking 59% true shooting. Um, got a per of 23.98, which, you know, 15 is league average. So he's doing quite well there. Um, all the advanced stats are in his favor. He's looking good to me, Nafe. Yeah, well, I think um, in terms of what you're saying about the harsh critiques by the media, I think he'll always be unfairly compared with Luka Doncic because of the draft night trade that happened last year, how the Mavs traded Trey Young and essentially Cam Reddish for Luka Doncic. And because Doncic is now an MVP candidate, yeah, because Atlanta's team is doing so bad, you're getting these these media bad raps from Trey Young, or just they're just sort of subconsciously sort of ignoring him, sort of thing. And it, yeah, it really just isn't fair. Well, what I just wanted to add there, and just sort of now with the relationship between Doncic and Young, do you reckon this could be another Magic and Bird situation where two <laughs> players are tied together for you know a decade and a half? Um, I don't reckon they they used to they used to get into it, didn't they? They used to. Like punch on, didn't they? No, never punch. They were like best mates. No, no, Irving, Irving, you're, you're like me, Dr. like J. me and you, me and you, we punch on just like Irving and Doc and and Larry Bird. Yeah, yeah. The Sixers and uh, Celtics fans Sixers never get along. And Celtics fans. All right, moving on, moving on. Your Boston Celtics, my boys. And so I'll go first. So, uh, um, Boston season is going exactly as I thought it would. Uh the chemistry is back. And that may be attributed to I wonder why Kyrie Irving's departure. Coincidence? Um, and also, Boston getting pushed around by Embiid. It's because they don't have a good defensive center that can lock down Embiid pretty much. I know you guys have been statistically and whatever better than... Uh, or your boys, sorry. I know your boys have been better than, uh, than average or whatever at defending centers, but... Embiid just and and you may run into Philadelphia in the playoffs. Very likely. It's not good news that Philadelphia is well. It's great news that three Philadelphia is three and zero against Boston this season. I love that you used our Boston recap to pump up the Sixers even more. <sighs> that's uh that's our host for you, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Um, but look, overall I've been impressed with Boston. Um. I thought if we weren't going to win a championship or, you know, even look close to it with Al Horford and Kyrie and this roster we've got, 
what's the point of getting Gemba? Um, he's come in, changed the dynamic. Uh, Jalen and Jason both improved dramatically. Uh, Daniel Tice, you said, you know, we've been defending centers quite well. He's been phenomenal, especially mm-hmm. against uh, hilarious smaller and athletic centers. Uh, struggles with the big boys like Embiid, but overall he's done right. Um, Boston's got top five defense, top six offense, I believe. Brad Stevens, in my opinion, is the best coach in the NBA still. I'll, I won't say anything because you obviously know the answer I'm going to say, so... You're going to agree? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He definitely is. I'll give you that. Kemba is great. Non-virus Kyrie Irving. Bit worse. Everyone seems happy together. Yeah. Playing. Good it's stuff. good to see. It's refreshing. Love love Boston this year. Um, Great for Philly. Okay, let's move on to another B, the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, before the season started, you couldn't have had many expectations. I mean, yeah. Uh, with Kyrie replacing D'Lo, and as we just mentioned, Kyrie Irving the way he is in the locker room, uh, KD out. At best, they were gonna, you know, they're gonna probably be still be in the playoffs. But at best, they were gonna be in the playoffs, and it's gonna be like a first, definitely a second round exit. It was a bit of a nothing season for them, and it still is. With Kyrie Irving being out for so long, and Karis Levert being out for so long, it's just totally made it a, just a mediocre season. Well, the thing is that they're still pretty much going to be in the playoffs because... Testament to the Eastern because Conference. Because the Eastern Conference is so weak down the bottom. But it's just, yeah, it's a bit of a nothing season. Um, in my opinion, Kyrie Irving is just a hilarious figure. Uh, his whinge after Boston when he went on Instagram and uh, basically said in like a hundred million words, he said, basketball is just a game. I'm a human, which is correct, Kyrie. Okay. And here's what, here's what I want to say about that, Kyrie. Basketball is just a game and he is a human and all this, you know, sentimental stuff. But this is like the Bronx cheer that the Toronto fans gave KD when he went down injured or whatever. Sport is huge and it's so like it, it it's people care. It yeah, people care and and this is what it is. Like if KD, if I'm a Toronto fan at that game or even then, KD goes down and he's popped his Achilles. I am cheering till the you know, till hell freezes over. Because not because I'm, I want, you know, bad for KD. I have ill intentions for KD. That's sport. It's part of sport. You get caught up in it a little bit. I, I, I'm not, I, you know, to get a bit uh, serious or whatever, I'm not cheering because KD, you know, has started developing an illness or something like that. I'm cheering because KD is now going to be out of playing basketball. The Boston fans boo you, Kyrie Irving, because you said you were going to come back, you know, with if the we mic. wanted him, if, if we wanted if him, if you wanted him, and he he like dipped into the whole thing himself. He he's he's nuts. And then yeah, so after the Boston one, after Philly, he like after we beat um, Brooklyn, he comes out in a press conference or whatever it was, and he said essentially he's just like we need better players. And they were doing all right. They beat us comfortably. Without him. And then without him. In. And then he comes in and then he's like, oh, we need different players. And then just most recently, he com- he compares himself 
to Martin Luther King. Hilarious. That's a fair comparison. Oh, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, what a guy. So He's, he's an interesting one. Uh, and I dealt with this last season in Boston. Just absolute rubbish. Did you hear the hat story? I did, but tell us anyway. <laughs> this just, I think, sums up how strange he is of an indi- individual. So the team went to China for preseason, played yes. a few games there. Controversial. Yeah, it was a bit, but we'll get to that later. Um, and they get a team photo. And, you know, it takes how many seconds for a team photo? You know, they sit them down, they line them up. Beautiful. Kyrie, can you take your hat off? No. Nah. <laughs> he flat out refused to take his hat off for the photo and told the team to Photoshop it out. <laughs> like, this bloke is just... Yeah. Mentally, there's something quite wrong there. Yeah. Photoshop my hat out. I'm not taking it off. Yeah. And then it's flat. What do you reckon it sounded like, the way he talks? Uh, Photoshop my hat out. Like, <laughs> like it's just it's just basketball. It's just a game. He would have gone into a lot more detail um, about people, nothing than People that. think, you know, oh my gosh. Um... So, let's keep going. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Personally, I predicted them to be dead last, and I would assume that many people would have thought the same. Without a doubt. With Kemba Walker going out. Mm-hmm. And yes, they got Terry Rozier, but Kemba Walker is better. Uh, they started off pretty brightly. Uh, PJ Washington... Uh, Miles Bridges, them all getting like seven, every one of their players at the start of the seasons, every game, I would look and it's like everyone has seven rebounds, something, something, something. Charlotte is winning some games. And it was very surprising. They have since dropped off accordingly. Um, but the bright spark and the funny spark that you I love, this. To, uh, love I, this. I do love this. Uh, so Terry Rozier. Gets out of the shadows of Boston of being the backup. Scary Terry. Charlotte gives him hilarious money, in my opinion. You may not agree. Hilarious money to be their guy. He's a point guard. He goes there. He gets there. And what do you know? Second year player, Devontae Graham, who will win most improved player this season, is has moved up from four points per game from his first season last season to now 18, which is more than Terry Rosier, increasing his true shooting percentage from 45% to 53%. And I couldn't find anything more humorous. Devontae Graham runs his team, not Scary Terry. Yeah. Devontae is looking like a real bright young spark. Um, but don't hate on my boy Terry. I've... Uh, <laughs> I've had to watch him the most dire of times in Boston. Um, but he's not playing as bad as everyone thought he would get when he signed the contract. I thought that was going to be, you know, a Nicholas Batum sort of sort of contract. But it's actually looking half okay. He's playing pretty well, not exceptionally well, but he fits in quite well with Graham. I um, believe most of his numbers are up this yeah, season, yeah. Rosier. But he's just, yeah, still not better than Graham's numbers, which is just hilarious. Which makes your day. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's keep going. So, Chicago. The Bulls. You're probably going to hear me say this a lot. And I wanted to do a bit of a segment on actually, eventually. Like, it was a segment idea of mine. What? What is going on in Chicago? The best thing that's going to come out of the Chicago Bulls this year is the 10-part documentary 
Michael Jordan. You seen that? Too? Yeah, that's gonna look. Oh real man, good. that's that like those ten parts. Give me that over the whole mm. this ball season. I you'll probably see more made baskets in those ten parts. That's right. You definitely will. I had high hopes for this team. Lowry Markinen, who I think has regressed with stats, which is just ridiculous in his second year, isn't mm. it? Um, Zach Levine. I mean, I don't know much about Wendell Carter Jr., but Wendell Carter Jr., what's going on with this team? There's The report's a bit weird with it, um, but apparently the players aren't happy with the coach, Jim Boylan, at all. <laughs> and there's been a lot of uh, a lot of beef between Levine especially, apparently, is what I'm hearing. Um, but yeah, Le- Levine's playing well. Markkinen is getting into his groove a little more. But he's still settling for too many threes. But it's just a weird roster. I do like watching them for Kobe for Kobe White though. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. I take, um, yeah. I mean he's not very good yet. Forgot about that, but Kobe White, yeah. But he's exciting. But Markinen was such a deadly shooter last year. Yeah. And I, I, these type of things when you've yeah, when you're a deadly shooter and you're a center, for example, and you and you're actually like a shooter shooter. Mm. That's what he is, or he was last season. So things like that, when that happens, I get so excited. When like it's uncharacteristic, you know. So when Zion obviously made the four threes today, it was like this is not only unbelievable, this is double unbelievable because of Zion making these four threes. Like this is insane. So what I'm saying is, if Markin and Zion drive to the basket, they're huge. Mm. And now they regress. The balls are crap. Classic. There's not much else we can say. There's not much That's else. Let's go on to another crap C team, Cleveland. I I have got nothing. Go Dante Exum. Brilliant. Get, get get Kevin Love out of there. I love K Love. Get him out of there. Get Dante some minutes. Get him some reps. Hopefully, you can find a new team. Mm. Tristan Thompson's done all right. Yeah, but no. the uh, the backcourt of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, or Sexland as I like to call him. Was it was it Garland? Just no good. Which was the guy that dunked on one of the Sixers players or whatever? And then that was Porter Jr., wasn't it? Yeah, and then Allah Abdenabi, the Philadelphia NBC Sports commentator, was like, "You're down a thousand points. Why are you Why flexing?" Are you yeah, okay. hilarious. Um, uh, Dallas. Oh gosh, we uh, we're gonna have to like keep this in a vacuum, you know. This needs a podcast. This itself. needs a whole podcast. Y- you start us off here, mate. <laughs> Can I give a bit of pretense just to this? Okay. <laughs> We've argued about this so many times. I argue with everyone. Everyone argues with me because you're, I'm you're always right. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think Luca is the Wonder Boy. His nickname is so accurate. He Luca Magic. Luca the Wonder Boy. That's his old Euroleague nickname. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Um, Luca Magic. <laughs> <laughs> he looks incredible though. Like genuinely, he is in control of the game at all times. Gets a little too reliant on his step back threes that aren't quite there yet. But in terms of energy efficiency, like it doesn't take much for him to do that. So that's why he can control the offense so much. But they've got the best offense of all time at the moment. Yeah. If he continues to get better, I mean, at the moment, he's averaging 29, 10 and 9. He's 20 years old. I will give everyone and you this, that he's amazing for his age. Amazing for his age. He's unbelievable. And we're not going to get into this right now. We will do this on another podcast because we're trying to go through all the teams here. A full hour segment. A full five hours of arguing about Luka Doncic. In my opinion, to put it short, 
People are claiming he's a top five player already. In my opinion, he is not. He is not a top five player. We will talk about that and argue about that in another time. And I can't wait to prove you wrong. I think that the Mavs and Luca are a bit overrated. I can't wait to see mainly him in the playoffs, but I can't wait to see how they go in the playoffs. But I do think he's a great player. Just a little bit overhyped, but premature excitement. Yeah, is that what you think? That's uh, yeah, just too. Everyone's putting him in these categories that I just don't think he's in yet. Yet, we'll discuss. He's this. gonna get there. We'll get there. Listeners, keep keep in tune. We'll, That's uh, it. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll argue. Okay, so Denver. Uh, in my opinion, boring to watch. Jokic slow start was ugly. And he was fat. Maybe, he still is. Yeah, but... maybe looks appearance as well. I mean, yeah. I'm no. Uh, what did they say? What's that saying? I'm no fresh. No, I'm no. You're on your own here, mate. I'm no plum. What's I am? <laughs> <laughs> mate, you, I'm no. You dig a hole, you fill it up again. Wh- you are just, what's what's that? You're struggling here. What's that? Uh, Either way. Okay, so Jokic, Jokic came into the season not looking very fit. Is what yeah, you're trying to say? Was ugly, both in both ways, his play and his looks. And his looks, I mean, you know, he was a bit big, bit overweight, and he didn't care, man. He's got a bit of a, a bit of an ego. Um, and to put it simply, I reckon uh, they have about five Paul Millsaps on their team, and all five of them are boring. They're just a team of Paul Millsaps. They're a boring team. The air is thin. They shouldn't be allowed to play here there we, here due to the altitude. That has been proven. That's why it's boring there. That's why everyone's gassed. That's why they're so good in the regular season. You, I you talk. You, love you watching talk. the Nuggets. Honestly, I reckon... <laughs> Will Barden. Will, Will the Thrill. He's good. Exciting. Yeah. That's it. No one else. I reckon I watch Jokic highlights probably more than any other player. What? I am obsessed with big men that pass the oh ball. Oh, my gosh. I love it. And watching him and all the players cutting around him is just the most beautiful thing to me. Ugh. And I mean, I don't like Jamal Murray. I'm waiting for him to show some signs of improvement to you know live up to that contract, but it doesn't look like it's coming. The Blue Arrow. Oh, I hate that nickname. What a shit nickname. Um, <laughs> Gary Harris, I like. Will the Thrill. Gotta love him. Will the Thrill. Um, but I like Paul Millsap as well. Mm. But look, I, I find Denver exciting to watch. I think they're a very good team. Young team as well still, but I think they might be crippled with that contract they gave to uh, Jamal Murray going forward. Yeah. Uh, let's keep going. So Detroit, another... Another my little segments here. What? <laughs> yeah, what this is what is happening? This is more deserving than Chicago. Yeah, so what is happening there? Like they acquired D Rose in the offseason. It's like, okay, here we go. D Rose, uh Reggie Jackson, uh Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and ISO Joe, was it? Yeah, they think yeah. <laughs> I saw Jones I like, forgot about that. Jeez. And they, they gave us the Golden State starting five lineup picture type thing. And it's like, okay, looks like they're going to have a crack. They're going to have a bit of a crack. Blake injured half the time. Uh, Reggie injured half the time. Reggie's played three games. Now, rumors are sparking of Rose trades. Get him out of there. Drummond trades. It looks like they're going to blow it up after they just sort of. I guess got Rose and sort of, yeah. What is happening? It doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, injuries did, you know, derail their season. Blake having 18 games to his name at the moment. Reggie having three, both not going to play the rest of the year. Like, just happenstance because it's Detroit. Yeah. Um, 
get D-Rose out of there. If there's anyone that deserves to be on a contender, it's him. And just blow it up. They've been stuck in the, you know, five seed at best to 10 seed for the last, like, nine years. Yeah. Get him out of there. Do it all over again. I don't mind Luke Kennard, though. Got yes. Soft spot for him. Yeah, so... They have to blow it up. They're, yeah, in my opinion, you have to blow it up. But I, I did actually forget the most important thing I may ever say on a microphone. <laughs> the most important thing. Andre Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be able to get through this. Andre Drummond. Missed time. <laughs> he missed a game or two and then didn't start or whatever. Because he had an allergic reaction <laughs> to an avocado. <laughs> they lied to him. <laughs> I don't actually like avocado myself. No, neither do I. Like Rubbish. so many people love it. Like they love Luca. I look at avocados <laughs> like I love Luca. That's, I look at Luca. The funniest part was, shout out to Fantasy Labs, big fans of the show. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, they always hold firm with... Uh, so they update with injury statuses. They're probably the best, you know, I would say on social media for updating with injury statuses. And they always hold firm keeping the seriousness in their posts. When they posted that, or, or the or the few updates those days of Andre Drummond missing time for the avocado. <laughs> <laughs> so normally they'll be like Embiid missing today or, you know, is out today in brackets knee. When Andre Drummond missed that, that game, <laughs> they put in the brackets, avocado. <laughs> no context needed. Avocado. Oh, so good. All right. So, all right. That is, that's great. Oh, love it. All right. Let's keep going. I don't know how we can, but Golden State Warriors. JL, is the dynasty over? It's just beginning. Oh, oh, oh. It's going to restart, and it is the scariest thing. Next season, so we'll go back to 2016 Warriors. Yeah. Led by Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Got that again. Take mm. Harrison Barnes out because that's a blessing in disguise for the Warriors. Yeah. Now they've got D'Angelo Russell there. Get rid of him, or if they keep him, I don't think they will, but they can trade him for a good piece of a good center. Mm. And then they've got probable top four draft pick. Yeah. Again, maybe they trade it, maybe they keep it. I, I honestly think that we, again, we're going to do so many podcasts. There needs to be a podcast talking about these type of things. Because when you say that, I would like to bring up all the things that went their way in those years they didn't have KD. You know those things? Yeah. The salary cap increase definitely helped. Oh, I'm, to talk, get KD. I'm, I'm talking injuries. Oh, prior to KD. Yeah. Injuries prior, KD out, and mm. then what happened? I know Clay went down, but was it every single series they had in twenty fifteen there was an injury? Yes. So we will talk. We 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 should do like a bunch of episodes on just hate on the Warriors on podcast. their dynasty. Yeah. But anyway, um, for me it's been sad, but it's as refreshing you, as you mentioned. Yes, a bit refreshing, but scary how decent they've been considering they are borderline trusting the process. I honestly came into the season thinking they were going to lose every game by 10 plus. They've won some games and they've lost many games by just a little bit. And 
Yeah, I think Steve Kerr is all right. And as you said, it's going to be scary stuff moving forward. It just reminds me of the 1999 Spurs. Yeah. Made the playoffs in 98 with uh, Robinson at the helm. He goes down, a few other key players get injured, get the number one draft pick, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Championship next season? Yep. Yeah, classic. So just has a bit of that vibe to it and it definitely worries me. So that concludes this first part of the first episode of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. I intend for these episodes to run for about 40 minutes each. Uh, Jack and I got a bit carried away in our first recording session there and recorded about one hour and 40 minutes of an episode. So I have chopped it in half. This is part one, as you may have seen in the title and description. And following this is part two. In this episode, or in this part, we uh, broke down Zion Williamson's debut, including his explosive fourth quarter. And then we went on to give our thoughts on 10 of the 30 teams start to the NBA season, the first half, including contenders such as Boston and Denver, uh, if you'd like to call them contenders. (laughs) And in the next part, in part two, we keep going with giving our thoughts on how the rest of the teams have started the first half of the season. The next 20 teams include Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies and how exciting they are and how exciting OKC have been and how surprising that's actually been. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, the Houston Rockets, Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks, the Utah Jazz, Jimmy and the Miami Heat, my Philadelphia 76ers, and of course we break down the big battle of LA, the Clippers and the Lakers. We go through it all. That's on part two of episode one of the Bronx Cheer Basketball Show. Thank you so much for listening to this first part. Please like, rate, subscribe on all the podcast apps, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, wherever you get your podcasts, it's all up there. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next part.